0: Good morning listeners and welcome to Sacred Space and West Limerick 102 local radio here in Newcastle West in County Limerick in Ireland. This is the 8th of April and it's the second Sunday of Easter. And joining me to present the programme again and this wonderful Easter season, in this wonderful Easter season, my good friend Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? We're good. Tell me, how did you get on with the Easter ceremonies? Where you, you're far away from these shores, but I'd say you kept touch with what was going on locally.
1: I did. I have to say, um, as 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 people are probably aware, I'm I'm overseas, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, I wasn't able to get home for Easter. But I I participated in local ceremonies here. Uh, different different um, different ways of doing things. Uh, very much, uh, uh there orthodox ceremonies and uh, very, very different to how, to, how we normally celebrate our Easter's. But then of course the other thing was, um, as people are probably aware, uh, Glenstall Abbey is now broadcasting their, their, their services from the church at the Abbey and I was able to follow what were beautiful liturgies, uh, Holy Thursday night, Good Friday and Holy Saturday night, uh, from Glenstall. And I would I would definitely recommend to people if you have a moment, have a read of Abbot Brendan's homily from Easter Saturday night, the Easter Vigil. Uh, it's 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 a beautiful homily. Uh, so that that was that was my Easter. And of course, John, like yourself, I was watching uh, the the Stations of the Cross from Rome uh, in in the Colosseum, and they were absolutely beautiful this year. The, the Stations of the Cross, the reflections, mm. uh, were written by young people from the city of Rome. That's right. And they were they were lovely. They were lovely, uh, beautiful, beautiful reflections. So, so of course, now at this stage, John, uh, we Easter uh, Holy Week is over. We're after maintaining the octave of Easter, so Easter week is over. And now, of course, we're into Easter tide. But, of course, as we start the programme this morning, of course, today is also, as you, is, as you said, is the second Sunday of Easter. And it also happens, of course, to be Divine Mercy Sunday, which, of course, is very much associated with Pope John Paul II, of course, whose anniversary occurred last week. Uh, he died on the 2nd of April. Uh, so his anniversary was, was, was last week as well But before we get into that And we start encouraging and looking at the liturgical calendar For the coming week John, we have to uh, welcome our regular listeners And you were going to say about who those were Especially those people who are sick
0: Those people who can't get out of the house Those people who we meet Around Newcastle West and West Lermic, um Around the place uh, Who say that how much they, they enjoy And listening to the programme And we thank you indeed for joining us and as I, as I always say, thank you so much indeed for your prayers. Just to remind people, this program, again, is repeated on West Limit 102 local radio at 11 p.m. tonight. And, of course, it's available at any time, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, all around the world, on our blog, which is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. And, again, if you want to pass any message on to ourselves here, it's sacredspace gmail.com I can telephone the local radio station, which is O six nine, double six two hundred. Now, Jane, Saints for the week or celestial
1: guides? Celestial guides, yes, John. So, for the last two weeks, of course, we haven't paid much attention to the celestial guides because, of course, Holy Week took precedence in the calendar, and last week, being the octave or the the, East, the octave of Easter, that also took precedence in the calendar. So, we're back on to kind of normal cycle now. Um, of course, Easter does continue for another. Um, six weeks or so. Uh, Easter continues until Pentecost, and Pentecost this year is the 20th of May. So we still have a bit to go, so I hope you're still enjoying your Easter eggs. You know, you've, you gave up for, for, for Lent, you participate and share in the joys until the end of Easter. So, as we said, today is Divine Mercy Sunday. We're looking at the second week of Easter, and for those praying the Divine, the Divine Office, we're on week two of the Psalter. Now, Tomorrow is, of course, the ninth of April, and the 9th of April this year happens to be the feast of the Annunciation. And we discussed this a couple of weeks ago on the on the program, because um, Palm Sunday fell on the twenty fifth of March. Uh, the feast of the Annunciation was moved liturgically, so of course that's been celebrated tomorrow. And of course, the, the Annunciation, of course, is you know the the moment, the the start of our salvation history, the announcement of. And, of course, it is a solemnity, uh, so if people are available, of course, to participate in liturgies in relation to that. Then, on Tuesday, we have a a feast day, or a saints' day, or a blessed day. It's a guy called Blessed Paternus the Scot, or Blessed Paternus Scotus, associated very much with Westphalia, which is in Germany. Uh, He immigrated there and was one of the first monks at the Abdelgoth Abbey, under the leadership of Blessed Mernwark of Paderborn. And he was a saint that was very much admired by Saints Peter Damien and Blessed Marinius Scotus. He was born in, um, we don't know, we're not sure if he's Irish or Scottish, as the term Scotus refers to both uh, Ireland and Scotland at that time. And sadly, he, he was burned to death when he was caught in a fire in 1058. So that's who we have on Tuesday, John. Then on Wednesday... Uh, this is a big shout out to our Polish listeners and particularly the Polish community in Limerick because the feast day on Wednesday is the feast day of St. Stanislaus of Krakow. Now, Stanislaus, uh, he was the Archbishop of Krakow, born of Polish nobility, nobility even, and may have studied in Paris and France, and he was appointed to Krakow Cathedral in 1072. Now, he's very. He's, his history is very similar, actually, to that of Thomas the Becket. Um, he was known for his preaching and sinful living, and he was killed by King Bulsolus the Krug, as you pronounce it uh, because Stanislas had excommunicated him due to his war crimes and attempted theft of land from the church, and he was murdered while celebrating Mass. Now, the interesting thing about St. Stanislas of Krakow, of course, is One of his successors, of course, was also canonised, and that was Watila, who became John Paul II. So he was murdered in 1079, and he was canonised by Pope Innocent IV in 1253. And he's the patron saint of Krakow in Poland, the city of Poland, the archdiocese. Sorry, the the city of Krakow, the archdiocese of Krakow, and soldiers in battle, obviously, oddly enough. Then on Thursday we have the feast day of St. Teresa of the Andes. Now I picked out Teresa from the calendar because she is one of the first um, um, Chilean saints. She's a saint of Chile and is the first member of the Carmelite communities from uh, South America or Latin America that was beatified. Um, she was canonized by John Paul II in 1993. She's Carmelite nun. Carmelite's Obviously, Carmelite Saint Theresian Carmelite. So she's, um, and she was devoted to Christ and greatly influenced by the autobiography of Saint Teresa of Lisieux. And she entered the monastery of the Carmelites in Los Andes in 1919. And she was given the name Teresa of Jesus. And she is sadly she died of typhus in 1920. Uh, so she's a young saint and she and she was uh, she was very much associated as one of the patrons, I think, with the World Youth Day that was held in Brazil. Then moving on on the thirteenth, which Friday the thirteenth this week, John. Now that's an interesting one. Lucky for some, lucky mm-hmm. for others. Yeah. You might be curious, why does Friday the thirteenth have a bad association? There's a couple of things linked with that. Obviously there was the medieval belief that witches gathered in covens or groups of thirteen. So the number became associated with, with that. But it's also associated with the fact that it was Friday the 13th was the date that the order was given for the suppression of the Templars. Um, and what happened was the Pope at the time, who was innocent, uh, one second now, who was Pope innocent, the, sorry, Pope Clement V, beg your pardon, and he he sent out letters which were sealed and were not to be opened until the morning of Friday, the thir- October the thirteenth, thirteen o seven, and when the letters were opened, uh, it was to arrest the members of the Templar, the, the Knights Templar, and to take them under on, under arrest, uh, particularly in France. And that is why it is associated as an unlucky day. But going back to our uh, going back to our calendar, so it's so uh, we've picked out Blessed Francis Dickensian, an unfortunate name in some respects. He's an English saint. Studied at the English Seminary in Reims in, in France. He returned to England to minister to covert Catholics during a period of persecution by Queen Elizabeth I, and he was betrayed and arrested. And he was be he was beatified by Pius XI in 1929, uh, and his feast day is the 13th of April. Then, finally, on Saturday the 14th of April, we have the feast day of Saint. Uh, Ardelion, the actor. Now, this is an interesting one, John. I'm going back a small bit here. He was an actor who specialised in mocking Christianity, and was very pagan, with very popular rather with pagan audiences. And he's associated with Asia Minor, which is kind of modern day Turkey. And one day during a performance, he suddenly announced that he had converted and he was now a Christian. And for that, he was burnt alive in 300 AD. In in Asia Minor. So that's what we have on Saturday, uh, the 14th of uh, April. The other thing, just to note from a local point of view, the 14th of April also happens to be the anniversary of the Episcopal ordination of Bishop Brendan Leahy, and he was ordained bishop in 2013. And actually, for the following week, in case we forget to mention it next week, the 18th of April is the anniversary of the Episcopal ordination. Of Bishop Donald Murray, a Bishop Emeritus of Limerick, and he was originally ordained as an auxiliary bishop for Dublin in 1982. So, the Bishop, bishop Donald is actually 36 years ordained um, this year, and Bishop Leahy is, of course, five years bishop this year. So, add ad multus annus to both of them on their Episcopal ordination. So, that's what we have done in the calendar this week. Thank you so much for that, Shane. Very good. Okay, now
0: this week, again, it, it's um, it, it's a program where uh, both myself and Shane um, have a our, our diary that's pretty full, and we couldn't bring you what would be a normal program, which would include, obviously, the reading, reflecting on the Word of God, the Gospel for today. So this particular week, in part two, I'm going to play... A little bit from the World Meeting of Families um, website. Brenda Drum, as we've played before, she interviews and gives us information on various aspects of what's happening with World Meeting of Families. Let's talk family, let's be family. And this one I've taken uh, this week in part two, which which was the episode that was first broadcast by them on the 16th of March. And that's going to be followed uh, by the official hymn, the World Meeting of Families official hymn, A Joy for All the Earth. And this being Divine Mercy Sunday, as Shane reminded us at the start of the program, this week we said we'll play the Divine Mercy, um, the Divine Mercy Chaplet in song, as people would normally hear it on EWTN Radio or TV. Beautiful uh, rendition of Divine Mercy Chaplet. But in the meantime, I've just got one little bit of notice that I, I just want to bring to people's attention. People might remember I had on the program a number of weeks, uh, a number of months ago actually, about this time last year actually, a guy called Michael Collity from uh, Trilly, And Michael was on the program and he went through the Bible with us from right away from Genesis, right the way through to the book of Revelation. And he's just written a book, uh, it's entitled For It Is Written, um, The Old Is In The New Revealed. And Michael is going to have that book um, um, launched in Limerick. At the Terence Albert Hall, that's St. Saviour's, uh, the Dominican Church On Friday the 13th of April, Shane just reminded us, the Friday the 13th at 8pm All are welcome So again, um, I'd invite you now to uh, listen maybe to more information on World Youth Day And of course we will be bringing in more information again Hopefully we'll have Noreen Lynch on with us next week Um, and some guests to chat with us again and more information on what's happening in terms of the world meeting the families. But at this part of the programme, I'll pray the spirit of communion prayer for those who can't get to Mass this morning and can't receive Jesus, but would love to just spend these few seconds with Jesus. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So, we'd invite you now to listen and enjoy the part two and part three of the programme for myself and Shane. We'll have to say bye-bye for this week. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll go out with a piece of music. I think most people actually like this one. It's from Liam, Liam Lawton's album, Another World. And this one is entitled Allelu. Alleluia. Easter season. So, to myself and Shane, thanks again for joining us this morning. And we'll see you again next week. So, let's listen to Liam Lawton.
2: Hello there and welcome to Let's Talk Family, the official podcast from the World Meeting of Families 2018. My name is Brenda Dum and I'm delighted to welcome you to episode number 10 of our podcast as we continue our preparations for our gathering of families in Dublin from the 21st to the 26th of August this year. In this week's episode, I will be speaking to some of our diocesan delegates for the World Meeting of Families. These are colleagues, priests and lay people who are working across the 26 diocese of Ireland to prepare people for our celebration of family this summer. I will also be sharing some World Meeting of Families news with you. If you would like to get in touch, you can email me on media at worldmeeting2018.ie. I am delighted to be joined on this week's podcast by some of our diocesan delegates. We meet with our delegates once a month and they travel from across Ireland to be with us. I was delighted to speak to Father Arnold Rosney, Sheena Darcy and Father Martin Hayes. Father Arnold Rosny is a priest and diocesan delegate for the Diocese of Killaloo. And Father Rosny told me about how preparations are going in his diocese.
3: Uh, Firstly, the preparations are going very, very well. Um, We're getting great support from parishes across the length and breadth of the diocese. Um, We initially started off with with establishing a steering group, primarily made up of lay people, reflecting the different geography of the diocese because it's it's, it's quite diverse between um, urban and rural. So we set this steering group in place and we basically had one simple focus. How could we support parishes who are celebrating family moments in their parishes? Be it baptisms, be it the sacraments, First Communion, Confirmation Masses, uh, the various moments of uh, funerals, weddings, marriages, and so on. So, and all of those little moments where family plays a very important part in the life of a community. So, we, that was our focus. How could we support, I suppose, in many ways, without adding extra work to already busy people in parishes?
2: And how are people, how are families responding?
3: Families are responding in very, very well. We set about initially to have meetings across the diocese and in terms of the um let's talk family um the family conversation, we have a great response across the diocese for leaders and the facilitators of that program. We have up to date more than a hundred people and not only will they be part of the of this this conversation but also they're going to be a great resource going forward post world meeting the families. The second area is is the the, the practical initiatives. Um, the fourteen practice initiatives. And again, building on our t- what's already there with with, with parishes, um, things like the icon Christmas card that went out, uh, St. Valentine's Day gift tokens, the cube for First Communion and so on. They're already supporting and adding to a kind of a, a vast array of menu. I suppose in many ways, I, I see this as offering a huge array of resources tailored to their needs or situation and celebrating the local initiatives in the local areas.
2: Is a lot of that work that's being done work to support marriage and family?
3: Yes, and I can absolutely see that, and I've seen it, witnessed it as well, and in my own role in, in Shannon Parish, that where, you know, families are brought together for, obviously, Sunday Eucharist, for the, the different moments that we celebrate in family life, that it's tailored to all our families, and, you know, which are vast and varied, and, you know, as Pope Francis and his many more commentator, commentators have often indicated, there's no perfect family, so I suppose we're all in this together. And the people who sit in front of us on a Sunday, who worship with us, our community, and if... Community is anything, it's family.
2: Now, are people looking forward to the possible visit of Pope Francis? Are are people talking a lot about the possibility of Pope Francis joining us for the World Meeting of Families?
3: I'm not sure do Irish people talk about these things, you know, (laughs) as much as other people from other cultures. But I I think it's a sense of, um, you know, an expectation and and, and a a quite expectation right now. But obviously, please God, there'll there'll be an announcement very, very soon. So I think that will help. Significantly, to spread the word even more and get the word out. Um, As of now, you know we're promoting the whole area of volunteerism and registration and and so on. And again, you know, using the practical resources to celebrate family moments. uh, We're we're still six months away, uh, and there's still lots of time to promote the event itself. But I would, I would hope, and I, I, and I'm going to suggest this to, to to my colleagues in the parishes and to to the pastor councils and so on, that maybe one parish would sponsor at least one family to attend the event. So I think if every parish does that, there'll be 58 families and not forgetting our young people. We, we've some, some great youth initiatives in the diocese and to get them involved, it'll be a fantastic thing. So I suppose in many ways, they know it's there. They know it's happening, but maybe it's an Irish thing. We kind of decide nearly close to the event itself.
2: Sheena Darcy is the diocesan delegate for the Diocese of Elfin. Sheena was the office manager for the 50th International Eucharistic Congress that took place in Ireland in 2012. So she knows all about preparing for an event of the size of the World Meeting of Families. Sheena told me about how the pastoral programme is being received in the Diocese of Finn and about her own hopes for the World Meeting of Families 2018.
4: Uh, they're going really well Brenda um at the moment um we're actually doing the let's talk family program the pastoral preparation um, around Amoris Laetitia. so that's happening in four centers in the diocese and um so far um it's going really well um you know it's engaging in a, a people in a conversation um you know and looking at their family as well and uh, uh, so, so far, it's, that's going really, really well. And the uh, St. Valentine's Day um, cards and tokens that came out, people really liked them. They were a bit of a novelty, I suppose, for some people. And uh, I didn't get one now myself, unfortunately. Maybe next year. Um, but uh, they were a fantastic resource. And the, of course, St. Patrick's Day um, window stickers as well will be out shortly. Um, I think the icon cards at Christmas time really touched a lot of people. Not only are they a beautiful, uh, you know, it's a beautiful icon anyway, but it just, I think it was just something that just, I think maybe nearly took people by surprise that they got it as a gift that day and, um, you know, we've had great feedback from people, very positive feedback and schools as well have taken up on it and it could be a, a display on a, on an altar. So I think all in all there's lots happening the prayer's being prayed, you know, at the end of a lot of masses, the hymn is being sung um, we are also in the preparations of organising fam- Diocesan Family Day on the 22nd of April in Lockheed Forest Park, which is just outside Boyle. So it's all kind of at early stages um, now, but Sunday the 22nd of April. So
2: really looking forward to that. Now, you mentioned the icon cards there that we gave out, and these are almost a replica of some of the beautiful images on the icon. Have you had a visit from the icon yet?
4: Uh, well, we actually had it for a day in Boyle last October for our diocesan pastoral gathering. Um, so that, but that was just for for one day. It's going to come back to the diocese now at the end of May, and it will for for ten days. It will be in the cathedral in Sligo. It will be in Saint Patrick's Church in Castlereagh and in Strokestown uh, Church as well. So, really looking forward to that. Um, you know, the, the schools, the local primary schools, hopefully as well will you know uh be involved with that they hopefully could come and the young children can can see see it and understand what an icon is learn more about it and we'll also um you know obviously have some some prayer moments around it the petition box that the world meeting uh, families have given each diocese um to go along with the icon is actually on a, a tour of of the diocese so every parish has the the petition box for a week um, so again it's just another opportunity for people to to stop and to think to you know take out the pen and paper pray for their family put down their petition in writing pop it in the box and um, we are giving uh, the petitions to the missionaries of charity sisters who are beside the cathedral in Sligo um, so throughout the year they'll be praying for all of these intentions um, so again it's just another thing for people to to connect with um, while preparing for for the world meeting of families um, and praying for our families.
2: I think it's a special year as well for children preparing for the sacraments of First Communion and Confirmation because they'll be able to always remember the year in which they had their First Communion and Confirmation because it was the year in which Ireland hosted the World Meeting of Families and hopefully the year in which we had a visit from Pope Francis. And I know that a lot of the resources have been dovetailed for the the Communion and the Confirmation children, especially the Amoris Cube. Have you given those out yet in the diocese?
4: Well, we haven't given them out just yet, but we have um, ordered one, as they say, for everyone in the audience, but every First Holy Communion child in the audience. Um, So we will probably give them out to our parishes after Easter. Um, I have a sample on my desk and I I throw it every now and again see what it lands on. Um, But again it's another lovely, lovely resource. It's a great idea and I think the children are really going to enjoy putting it together and then also the families getting together and seeing what it's about and hopefully using it on a regular basis.
2: The parishes and the diocese around Ireland are very busy preparing and obviously there's an extra onus on us as the host country to extend that Cade Mila Fulcher to all the international families who are hopefully going to be with us for the World Meeting of Families. In the midst of all that, have you had a chance to reflect and to think about what your own hopes might be for the World Meeting of Families?
4: Yeah, definitely. From the International Eucharistic Congress in 2012, which I was privileged to, to, to work on, I think the lasting memory, I think, from that is just the joy of the occasion. Um, and I know that having been obviously involved with that, being at it for the week, and also having attended World Youth Days over the year as well, I know that this event is just going to be full of joy and happiness. And I suppose I'm just looking forward to um, you know, the buzz, if you like, the atmosphere around the place, um, the, the various speakers coming from around the world. Um, and, and one thing that always strikes me when I go to a World Youth Day is the universality of the church. You kind of sometimes tend to think that it's just your parish just ireland and then you remember that you know there's catholics all over the world and it might sound really simple but it's only when it's kind of there in front of you you're like universality the church we are you know we we are all part of of this um you know that this, this organization and um on a personal level i'm uh, i know while the pope's um, attendance hasn't been confirmed yet. Hopefully, he will come. Um, I suppose when I was born, just a week after Pope John Paul came to Ireland, and I suppose one of my strongest memories as a child is my mum telling me how she couldn't get to the Phoenix Park because of me. <laughs> she, you know, she was eight and a half months pregnant and uh, she was watching it on television. So I suppose on a personal level, um, it's something that I actually hope to repay her, and I uh, with and and I look forward to please God being there. Um, in the park, if if the Pope is there, uh, with my mum and my dad and and maybe some members of of my family, so so there's twofold. There's there's the personal, um, yeah. There's the personal expectation and and just the knowing that everyone who's involved with the World Meeting Families will put on an amazing event. Um, so just looking forward to that lovely atmosphere, the joy. Um, and just being able to celebrate it with, with my own family, as well as, if you like, my extended family in in the church and in our community.
2: I also spoke to Father Martin Hayes, who is a priest and diocesan delegate for the Archdiocese of Cashel and Emily. Father Martin shared with me how preparations are going in the Diocese of Cashel and Emily, as well as the plans that they have for a new diocesan family prayer book.
5: Yeah, we're making progress. We have our Diocesan um, World Meeting of Families Committee, and at the moment, we've been helping to promote the Amoris program. And that is happening now during Lent Rotterdaces in parishes and in deanery areas. Also, what we're doing as well is we're preparing a and prayer book. Um, taking account of traditional prayers and taking account of some prayers in the Grow and Love program and uh, with a p- particular emphasis upon um, preparing rituals for families. And then the key thing that we're doing at the moment then is preparing for our Family Fund Day, which will take place on the 29th of April in Tipperary Racecourse. And we've chosen that, that place there because it's central in our diocese. Our diocese covers um, East Tipperary, North Tipperary and East Limerick. So that's a central location, and we've engaged a particular group called Get West Activities, uh, who were the backbone to a similar event that was held in Limerick Diocese. So we're going with them and then going with other activities, and what we're doing that day is we're going to mix it between those activities, uh, a liturgy, and an exhibition. And at the moment, we're working on a little idea that will involve schools, parishes and homes to publicise that event, an art project around the themes of families having fun in nature, families growing in love. So that's basically what we're about at the moment.
2: Well, it's a pretty ambitious plan. And I suppose the whole idea is to get people to gather families together and then to encourage them maybe to replicate that togetherness at some of the events for the World Meeting of Families in Dublin.
5: Yeah, and uh, I suppose one of the biggest challenges at the moment is to get the word out and that's uh, maybe a, particularly, a particular anxiety on our behalf at the moment and uh, we're delighted that we have the support of, of the National Office as well in getting the word out maybe at local radio uh, and um, local newspapers as well.
2: In terms of your own hopes and expectations, I mean you're the diocesan delegate, you have the responsibility of encouraging people and energising people around this. Have you had a chance to reflect on what the World Meeting of Families and the potential visit of Pope Francis might mean for you as a priest and for the Church in Ireland?
5: Uh, yes, I have because, and because I think it's an opportunity for the Irish Church to stand up and people who are um, maybe questioning and and also people who have been faithful, that they they both kind of uh, engage in some discussion around what it means to be part of church and what it means to be Catholic. So I I think it's 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 uh while some people might be afraid and and fearful of maybe a reaction, maybe to involvement in World Meeting of Families or indeed to a visit by Pope Francis. Uh, I think. Uh, this could be good for the Irish Church and good, um, for people at the moment where there's a, a little bit of, um, I suppose wavering on the part of people with regard to their faith. The, the effort that's going into the world meeting of families and the preparations for hopefully the, the, the visit of Pope Francis, that that can uh, bring out the best in us with regard to our faith. And as, as you asked me the question about being a priest, like to, to encourage us to be, to be more, um, I suppose upfront. And maybe less cautious, maybe at times, about proclaiming the gospel message.
2: My thanks to Father Arnold, to Sheena, and to Father Martin for their time. It's great to hear how plans and preparations are progressing. If you would like to get in touch to share with me how your preparations are going for the World Meeting of Families 2018, email me on media at worldmeeting2018.ie. You are listening to Let's Talk Family, the official podcast from the World Meeting of Families 2018. To finish this week's podcast, I have some World Meeting of Families news snippets. As the eyes of the world turn to Ireland for the celebration of St. Patrick's Day on the 17th of March, here in the World Meeting of Families offices in Dublin, we have just passed another registration milestone with over 8,000 people now registered to attend our celebration of families in August. 3,000 of those registered are from Ireland and the other 5,000 are from 66 other countries. So this will truly be an international gathering of families. Looking a bit closer at the Irish registrations, we can see that the top four dioceses for registrations are Dublin, Kildare and Loughlin, Armagh and Down and Connor. We can see from our figures that 67% of those attending our gathering in August hope to be with us for the full five days and will take part in the Pastoral Congress in the RDS as well as the Festival of Families and the Closing Mass. We can see that the most popular age group of those who have registered is the 35 to 49 age group and that 27% of our registrations are children under the age of 18. What this tells us is that families are coming to Ireland to celebrate with us in large numbers and this is really positive. Registration for all those wishing to attend is open now through our website. Thousands of people will be travelling from very distant places to participate in our gathering in August. Many would be unable to come if they also had to cover the cost of accommodation. Do you have a spare room? Would you be willing to host a person, a couple or a family next August? Help us to welcome visiting families to Ireland and for them to have a home from home experience. If you are interested in learning more about our hosting programme for pilgrims, please email us at hostingteam at worldmeeting2018.ie. The Dicastery for Laity, Family and Life recently introduced the International catechises for the World Meeting of Families. These new resources are available in five languages on the Dicastery website. The seven catechises, one for each month right up until August, are accompanied by a musical itinerary, one for each catechesis and videos of music. And they're built around the gospel narrative of the loss of the 12-year-old Jesus and his recovery in the temple with threads woven between the text of Amoris Laetitia and the unique story of the Holy Family of Nazareth that reveal how timely and prophetic the proclamation of the gospel of the family is. The materials are available in Italian, English, Spanish, French and Portuguese on the Dicastery website and on its YouTube channel. For more, see laityfamilylife.va. We have now released the preliminary program which highlights the daily themes for the Pastoral Congress as well as the celebrants for the daily celebration of the Eucharist in the RDS in Dublin in August. We've also released the titles of the panel sessions and the workshops for the Pastoral Congress but we have not yet made available all the information on the moderators and panelists. These will be released in the coming weeks. In bringing together the personnel for our panels and workshops we have chosen parents, family members, priests, religious business leaders, industry experts and those who will share personal experience of issues that are a challenge in daily family life. The themes for these panels and workshops are varied and include handing on the faith in the home, the family as a resource for society, a Christian response to homelessness, the joys and challenges of parenting today, the role of grandparents, coping with crises and hurt in marriage. We will also be looking at the vocation of fatherhood, the role and rights of parents in Catholic education and to the family as an agent of peace in a turbulent world. We are living in an age of digital disturbance and one of the major themes we will be reflecting on at the World Meeting of Families will be the impact of technology on family life. Some of the workshops will include finding time for prayer in a digital age, glued to our phones, can technology become more family friendly, as well as dignity and safety in a digital age. All of the themes we have chosen for workshops and panel sessions relate to issues that are dealt with in Pope Francis' Apostolic Exhortation, Amoris Laetitia, The Joy of Love. And we are now inviting people to take a look at the programme themes to help decide which day or days they might like to be with us for. And to register now so as not to miss out on the world-renowned speakers and panellists we are bringing to Dublin for the World Meeting of Families 2018. That's all we have on this week's podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Do check out our website for more information, worldmeeting2018.ie.
3: sacred space.
6: Full mm-hmm. World for the sake of this sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake. the Sad oh. oh. space.